The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the ninth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, Follow me. And he rose and followed him. And as Jesus reclined at table in the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard it, he said, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, dear friends, no one likes to be an outsider, to be excluded, to be told that you don't belong, to have the doors shut on your face, or simply to be shunned, left out, or isolated. Have any of you here ever been an outsider? Perhaps wanting to join in, but being afraid that you wouldn't be accepted, so you didn't even try. Do you realize that that there are people who are honestly afraid to walk into churches on Sundays. They are afraid of being recognized as those outsiders, as people who don't belong in a place such as this. They consider themselves unreligious people. And I remember a friend of mine saying to me that the church would literally burn to the ground if he showed up here on a Sunday. He was joking, of course, but completely serious at the same time. He was convinced that he didn't belong in the religious circles. He didn't fit in. Now, did you notice the cover of your bulletin today? It's a neat picture, this old painting by Don Spaulding that depicts Two cowboys that are on horseback peering through the window of this small country crowded church. (laughs) I picture it a church much like this one here. Notice how the people inside, they're singing a hymn and one of the men on the outside, he's singing along while the other is, he's leaning forward, he's listening attentively. And I love the caption 
And I made sure to include it. Psalm 100 verse 1. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. There's no judgment in there. And I wonder what keeps them on the outside. Why don't they get off their horses and join the people on the inside of that small rural church? Perhaps it's because they're not dressed properly. Or maybe they haven't taken a bath for a while. But more likely, they're not comfortable in this polite society of the church and are much more comfortable worshiping there on horseback as the outsiders. Now, Matthew, from our gospel text for today, the tax collector, he was an outsider. An outsider to his own people. Now, we tend not to love the tax collectors of our own time. (laughs) But it's nothing like that of Matthew's day. Tax collectors were considered traitors to the Jewish people, those in Israel. Sellouts to the Roman government. Opportunist Crooks and scoundrels of the worst sort. The Roman system of taxation, well, it was ingenious. A tax collector like Matthew, he would, well, he would pay a fee to the government in exchange for a license to open a tax office, permitting him to collect all the taxes he could above and beyond that fee that he paid, and, well, he got to keep those monies. So needless to say, tax collectors, well, they weren't very welcome in society, nor in the religious circles either. And so it comes as a bit of surprise that Jesus should walk up to Matthew at his tax collector's booth and say to him what he said to the fishermen. Follow me. Discipling words. Words that invite Matthew to join Jesus' rank of followers. Words that empower him to rise up, leave his tax office, and follow Jesus. An outsider, a tax collector, had just become, by the un deserved kindness of God, an insider. One of Jesus' inner circle, the chosen, one of the apostolic 12. And I'm sure that would have raised an eyebrow or two. What on earth was Jesus doing? Calling a tax collector to be one of his closest disciples. Is this any way to start a messianic movement. Now we can understand the calling of the four fishermen, strong and hard working. And you could even understand Simon the Zealot being called. He, well, he hated the Roman government and he was itching for a revolt. 
but a tax collector. What are you thinking? And to make matters even worse, Matthew, he invites Jesus over to his house for a meal to celebrate his new calling, his new vocation, and he's there amongst his group of new friends. The Pharisees, they looked in on this with disapproval. You see, they were pre pre disposed for disapproval when it came to Jesus. They were always looking for some way to discredit Jesus. And gatherings like this, well, they were an open affair. People on the street, they could look in and see what kind of company you were keeping, who you had over for dinner. And they asked the disciples of Jesus, why Does your teacher eat with such a mob, tax collectors and sinners? They wouldn't go near such people, and no respectable rabbi would. Why was Jesus hanging out with the outsiders when he should be keeping company with people like them, the religious elite? And Jesus, he heard their question and he, well, he turns the table on them. He says to them, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. And when you're well, or at least you think you're well, you have no need or interest of a physician, do you? But if you suspect something is wrong, well, Check all your symptoms, line them up, make a phone call, get an appointment, get in to see a doctor right away. You need help. And can you imagine a physician who couldn't be around sick people, who comes into a waiting room and looks at all those runny noses and itchy eyes, hears the coughing and the sneezing, then covers his mouth and nose and runs out of the room as fast as he can. What kind of doctor would that be? What kind of savior would Jesus be if he couldn't be in the company of those who need saving? The outsiders and the sinners. You see, that was Jesus's mission, his purpose for coming into the world to seek and to save the lost, to become lost in our death in order that we might be found in him. He came in solidarity with sinners, baptized with sinners in John's baptism of repentance, crucified as a sinner bearing the guilt of the world on his own shoulders. He became our sin. He embodied our sin in his body. Jesus, well, he became the outsider, forsaken, alone, isolated, so that in him we might become insiders. 
the children of God, disciples baptized into his death and life. Now go back again and look at that picture. That one of the two cowboys there on horseback. And when you look at it this time, I want you to think about those Pharisees that were looking in at Matthew's gathering with Jesus at table, having a meal, and all of his tax collector friends and sinners. Because there's an irony here. You see, the insiders are outside and the outsiders are inside. The Pharisees who imagined themselves to be God's insiders by virtue of them following the law, by following all the commandments, are sitting there on the outside looking in on a party of tax collectors and sinners surrounding Jesus, the friend of sinners. Where's the church? Is it outside with the Pharisees? Or is it inside with Jesus? Focused on Jesus. And yet, the gracious light of that occasion with Jesus shines out even to the Pharisees. Yes, there is mercy even for the religious. And from this, Jesus gives them a little, well, take-home assignment, if you will. He says, go and learn what this means. And he's quoting our Old Testament text there from Hosea when he says, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. Hosea, the prophet who taught that those who were not my people would be called the people of God. The outsider would become the insider by grace, through faith, just as Abraham became the insider by God's grace and calling through him, which God credited to Abraham as righteousness. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. The knowledge of God and not burnt offerings. Not religious rituals. That's not the way to the heart of God. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. And that's the company that Jesus keeps there at his table. Sinners who are justified for his sake, by his blood. And make no mistake, yes, the Pharisees, they're welcome at Jesus' table. But not by their own merit. They are welcome there as sinners, not as the righteous ones that they thought that they were. The sin of those church people, the people in the pews singing the hymns 
is that we have turned into this banquet. We have turned to this banquet of sinners. And we thought as ourselves as this country club of the religious elite. And we all have too often, by our own words, our own actions, our own attitudes, well, we've looked down on the sinners of our day. Those, who, those people who just don't seem to get it like we do. And we forget that we are, in ourselves, no better, no more righteous, no less sinful than those outside these walls. You see, there are people that are listening into the church, like those two men that were sitting out there on horseback, straining to hear this very same good news and to know that it applies to them as well. That they are accepted by God in Jesus through his grace. None of us deserves to be here. We don't deserve to be baptized, to hear the word, to receive the body and blood. We haven't earned our way here by our right choices, nor our decisions. We are here because of God's undeserved kindness in Jesus. The same grace that called Abraham to be the father of all nations, that calls that tax collector to be a disciple, that breaks bread with the sinner, that declares the outsider to be the insider. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Welcome. Welcome, sinners. And may this bring you peace. The peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, may it guard your hearts and your minds and are merciful. Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.